0: It's something we've we've been talking about for years and years, and and there's always been a lot of interest in it. But I think the last few years, it's really kind of developed and evolved. Now there's a there's a direct link to to, to results and specifically sales, isn't there? Typically, a celebrity, somebody on Towie or the uh, or um, Made in Chelsea, would charge I don't know twenty thousand pounds. They'd do a tweet some teeth whitening um, product and that's it you know and 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 people would expect some kind of return from that but I think the market's a lot more sophisticated now isn't
1: it I think that says more about who Will listens to and what he downloads than than
0: anything else well what was Kim at one point Kim Kardashian was wasn't it she like a million dollars for a tweet or something it was absolutely insane and what kind of return could you possibly get you think of Kim Kardashian's audience yeah are they going to be 100% tuned into what your product represents Welcome to Socially Unacceptable, from f ups to fame, the marketing podcast that celebrates the professional mishaps, mistakes and misjudgments while delivering valuable marketing and life lessons in the time it takes you to eat your lunch.
1: Hi everybody, thanks for downloading Socially Unacceptable, the podcast that celebrates mistakes, mishaps and, yes, you've guessed it, f**k-ups. I'm your host Chris Norton and I'm joined by my good friend William Ockenden. How are you this morning, William?
0: Yeah, not bad, thank you.
1: Um, So if you've heard the podcast before, you'll know it comes out every Tuesday, every other Tuesday. But this one is a bonus uh, episode. It's from one of our recent events, uh, and the event is completely sold out and has been, so we wanted to do a podcast like we did previously on the social video Mm -hmm. one. Um, So this one's called Influencer Marketing Hacks 2024, and we're going to be focusing on how to get the most from influencer marketing. So you... You interested in this one, Will?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting topic, isn't it? Influencer marketing, and I think it's something we've we've been talking about for years and years, and and there's always been a lot of interest in it. But I think the last few years, it's really kind of developed and evolved, and now there's a. There's a direct link to, to, to results and specifically sales, isn't there, from influencer marketing campaigns. And I think when we delivered this as a webinar, some really interesting debate around it. So I suppose as a starting point, um, there's a few themes, isn't there, that we see from from kind of senior marketers or marketers when it comes to influencer relations.
1: You know influencer marketing is important, but you don't have uh, the time or knowledge to know where to start. So there's loads of marketers out there that are thinking, oh, I want to do influencer marketing. Oh, I'll just throw some money at a particular influencer or whatever. Well, it doesn't work like that, does
0: no, that's right. And I think um, the old days was very much the kind of Kardashian school of influencer marketing where um, it's typically a celebrity, somebody on TOWIE or, the, uh, or um, Made in Chelsea would charge, I don't know, £20,000. They'd do a tweet for some teeth whitening um, product and that's it. You know, and, and and people would expect some kind of return from that, but I think the market's a lot more sophisticated now, isn't it?
1: I think that says more about who will listens to and what he downloads than than anything else.
0: Well, what was Kim at one point? Kim Kardashian was, wasn't it? She like a million dollars for yeah, a tweet for or something. Tweet. It was absolutely insane. And what kind of return could you possibly get? You think of Kim Kardashian's audience. Yeah, are they going to be 100% tuned into what your product represents?
1: Well, she was, she was obviously worth every penny. Um, the other things that we hear are your current approach to influencers isn't driving the results you need to, very much like what Will's just talked about there, or you're struggling to understand how influencers fit within your broader marketing strategy. So before we get started, then I've got a couple of plugs for the show. Um, so this is the influencer marketing hacks, uh, podcast as I said but we've also got several webinars we've got the full webinar which is much more in depth uh, and you can find that on our website which is prohibitionpr.co.uk um, and just click on the events section we've got about 15 um, on-demand events there um, if you like the, the content of the show hopefully you do um, another plug if you fancy a discovery session with either my, Will or myself uh, to talk through a 50 minute chat on what you're doing with your business and where you want to go you can catch us and book a session quite easily on bit.ly uh, slash socially ua that's bitterly slash socially ua and that's me done other than please subscribe to the show if you like what you hear today uh, apart from my jokes and and will just you know humoring me all the way through it um yeah please do subscribe to us on youtube or on your whatever wherever you get your podcast because we we appreciate and we read every comment and and appreciate every like we really do so thanks let's get on with the pod then
0: and if you um just if, if as the listener you hear that we're slightly distracted, our producer has just start, started eating a pot noodle directly in front of us. <laughs> and I can see it out what the corner flavor, of my what, eye. What flavours the, the pot noodle? classic classic so, yeah. yeah i can hear the slurping as we present so apologies for are we that. gonna sniff at that bit I don't know.
1: <laughs> right so so why work with influencers then well there's a huge interest there's 400 there's, we've got here the, the one of some of the statistics that we've pulled out here you like if you like statistics this is for you 400 percent increases in search for influencer marketing in the uk
0: yeah that's right um so massive in, it, massive uplift and in interest in influencer marketing for sure um what I find interesting is um, it's actually directly influencing people's views of brands. Another stat I find really interesting, half of millennials actually trust influencer recommendations over all other forms of advertising. So it's really getting the kind of the lion's share of trust when it comes to other uh, marketing disciplines.
1: Yeah, so more and more people are using influencer recommendations to buy products or recommend products. And that's so true. We see it in the in my office we do like a we'll do a straw poll across the office. And people buying things from TikTok. And when we did the TikTok webinar, it amazed me. How many bloody people are actually buying products. They see it on TikTok. Oh yeah, I've got to get one of them.
0: Yeah, it's uh, years ago for anyone old enough you used to get the uh they call it the Delia effect when Delia Smith. Featured- Where are you? Nice <laughs>
1: yeah. to be having you. One
0: of my favourite ever YouTube videos. There, yeah. um, but also the Grazier effects. You know, you, you, um, brands used to get featured in Grazier and it would sell out for two weeks. But now we're seeing that on TikTok, which is fascinating.
1: Yeah, well, you see it. In, you see it with PR as well, but. Um, another statistic we've got is 60% more engagement comes from micro-influencers. So we, we talk a bit about influencers and the different types. There's, there's, there's uh, three different types of influencers, but micro-influencers are the small ones and you get more engagement. So they don't have as as big a, uh, as big a uh, reach, but the engagement that you get with the people that they do reach is much, much better. So
0: Yeah, know. and that's, that's a really interesting point. I think a, a few years ago, everyone assumed you had to go massive and you had to go celebrity and you had to spend 10 grand on an influencer. But that's just not the case anymore.
1: Um 33% of Generation Z Z Z bought an influencer recommended product in the past three months. So there you go. A third of Gen Gen Z have bought an influencer recommended product. That goes back to what I was just saying about TikTok and people in the office just saying, oh yeah, I've seen that. A third.
0: That's right, yeah. The vast majority of us follow influencers on social media. I think that's a a bit of a no-brainer, but alongside our friends and alongside brands, influencers are now uh, taking up a a lot of our feeds. And then finally, um, 37% of brands use influencer marketing to increase sales. And I would say, Chris, Mm -hmm. probably the big trend in the last couple of years is brands really tapping into influencer marketing to sell. I think a few years ago, it was really kind of about web traffic or brand awareness, but people are really seeing the opportunity to sell products, aren't they now? Yeah, and they're looking
1: more from, instead of like like just the one-off project, because they don't work as well. You know, if you're wanting to do, you need to be doing influencer relations, you need to pick the authenticity of the influencer and they need to fit your brand appropriately rather than, just the quick, quick, quick win hit. This is when we say 37%, that's just over a third want to just increase sales from it. So you're right. It is, that. that's what it's about. It it could be about sales, but it's got to be authentic, I think, for the relationship to work.
0: But that point you mentioned there, this kind of shift to influencer relations away from influencer marketing, that's absolutely the way things are going as well, isn't it? And that's brands, Working with influencers in a much more kind of meaningful, long term uh, way, rather than this kind of one hit wonder that you talked about. Yeah. And I think again, that's the natural development and evolution of influencer marketing.
1: Um. So, well, this is it's got some statistics here. This is from Influencer Marketing Hub um, and e-commerce Fastlane. So, ninety percent of influencer marketers find that creator campaigns produce as good or better returns than all other marketing mediums. I'm a bit dubious about this, Will. 90% yeah. of influencer marketing marketers find that creator campaigns um, get better, good or better returns. Is that self-serving, that statistic, or do you believe it? Um,
0: I'm not sure it's as high as 90%, but um, the, the 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 thing worth mentioning, actually, um, influencer marketing doesn't always operate in a silo, does it? You know, all good influencer campaigns would have a paid social bolt-on for example so you know ultimately it's it's probably several disciplines working together
1: also we've we've uh, uh, marketers find that influencer generated content receives an average of eight times more engagement than branded content that is true i mean that that statistic is true um branded content content on your own social channels or whether you're an individual celebrity or a brand gets will get engagement but content that's you know, authentic and comes from a, an influencer or somebody that is a brand advocate gets much more better engagement. And often we will say to a client to use that content as part of your paid social.
0: Yeah. And that's a really smart way of looking at it, isn't it? Actually, testing content with influencers and then taking the best performing influencer content and actually using that as the basis of e-commerce ads and actually ad algorithms work in a really similar way to organic algorithms and those ads will do much better so that's that's uh, we'll come on to that later actually but that's a really smart way of uh, getting more for less when it comes to influence.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. We pack it full of information and tips and advice to give you something to take away to your desks. But this little ditty is to remind you that we do real-life events as well. We do webinars,
0: don't we, Will? We do. We do them quarterly-themed. We do about 12 to 15 a year. Correct. They're aimed at senior marketers. They're very value-orientated, aren't they? So they're, and they're free! They are free, which is great. They last about an hour. And they're on the, the issues of the day, really, aren't they? We always do a Trends 1 in January, which is. Really Really well subscribed. Yep. Um, later this year, for example, we're doing one on AI, we're doing one on Link Next Generation LinkedIn news podcasting. Super practical, very, very valuable in terms of the content we give. They do sell out though, don't they? So yeah. we, we advertise those on our website. Visit
1: prohibitionpr.co.uk and click on the events tab, they're free. You can sign up, come along. We'd love to have you on board because you know take your phone out of your pocket and and join us on a webinar as well. Get to meet us, that'd be great.
0: As I say, they do sell out, so sign up now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so the big the big thing we've seen on influencers is is a lot of clients when they're looking at looking at this like we got this on the TikTok session when we were discussing TikTok some brands you know they're like oh we're B two B we don't do TikTok it's too young well the age as we made the point in in the the TikTok session the age demographic is is shifting because obviously as a platform becomes more and more embedded in society how people use it um it, the the age the age moves across like Facebook is everybody but now Generation Z. Are they even using? Fe- Are they only posting on Facebook just uh,
0: as a, as part of their? Well, let's ask Zach. let's ask that. Let's ask Zach. Zach should have his own mic. He's shaking his. You can have been our
1: guest. Do you use it?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. So, so Zach Z- is Howard Zach, about fifteen years old, sixteen 12, years old. About <laughs> um, yeah, twelve. Doesn't use Facebook, but he's yeah, he's bullying. Uh, yeah, report sorry, in. <laughs> sorry about that, Zach. Um, we're breaking. Is this called breaking the fourth wall? This what is we're bands. doing now. <laughs> but. Um, this, what's quite interesting here, we, we actually put in chief execs as well to look at how they engage with influencers. And, and again, one of the conversations we've been having a lot over the last year or so is B2B brands saying, look, I get it. Influencers work, but not for B2B. But that's, that's not true. No, and not and true influencers absolutely work in B2B. So if you look at chief execs. Um, chief execs of all ages um, engage with influencers, and it follows a very similar trend to to the general population. Yeah, it's so.
1: not it's not as high, but I mean, you know, you can see that. Um, well, when we were looking at the latest statistics, percentage that engage with influencers on social media, you know more than 12% of over 45 year olds are doing that. And about 7% of CEOs over 45 to 54. That's that's 7% of people engaging with influence. That's quite, that is quite interesting. It's showing that it is having an effect. And obviously the further down the pipeline, the younger you get, the more it goes up. But actually when you're looking at CEOs, because obviously I suppose a CEO, you know, with the age demographic, 25 to 34 is probably where you start being either an MD, a CEO, or whatever. And that that's about 18% that are engaging. With, so nearly a fifth engaging with influencers on social media. That that's, it shows it works, doesn't it?
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's now a mainstream medium, I think is the message here. Um, and this is the point we made earlier. So, you know, um, 86% of B2B brands now um, estimate that they find success with influencer marketing. I'm not sure how you would define success. But the types of things... Um, B2B brands are doing when it comes to influencer marketing, and this is certainly representative of the kind of um, work and approach we're advising our B2B clients on, um, it's not product placement and things like that, but it's things like round tables. So if you've got a number of subject matter experts, get them, um, get them in the room, get them debating or discussing uh, a paper you're releasing or something like that. That's a big use of influencers jointly writing white papers or reports, um, expert analysis and consultancy. So if you're launching a new product or proposition, getting some industry experts or, or, or influencers involved in that process. Equally, there is a kind of a brand slash product piece as well, isn't there, when it comes to B2B. It's not the same as launching, I don't know, a new biscuit brand or some crisps or something like that. But if you're a telecoms company launching a new broadband product, for example, you know, influencers are um, increasingly being used to kind of amplify that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were, we were approached a, a few years ago now. It was about four or five years ago to do a B2B, um, B2B uh, influencer mapping uh, exercise. So we do uh, prohibition, we do ex- uh, influencer mapping where we'll identify influencers that are authentic and fit, fit the relevant brand. And this was for, a brand that shall remain nameless, but was um, an office chair brand, and because they wanted to use influencers that would, you know, have new that could use office chairs in the B two B environment, and we'll talk about how comfortable and flexible and portable and good for your back, and da da, 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 da. So it does work d- depending on it doesn't. It doesn't matter whether you're B two B or B two C. Like what like you're saying there, well, you can do it for both. I mean, the people know it, influencer marketing. They're thinking of your Kim Kardashians, and your your various celebrity, your, your Love Island celebrities, but actually. No, influencers can work. it. You can have shed. When we used to work on Ron Seal, we used to have uh, shed experts. And when we had pet food brands. Shed,
0: it, shed blog. Do you remember that? Yeah. The, the world's number one shed blog.
1: And give us a shout out from the shed. I wonder if the shed blog still exists.
0: But um, I think the man point. Man
1: cave. It's probably man caves now, isn't it? Yeah.
0: The the point is with these influencers in B2B, though, it's not, you know, it, it looks different to, to a B2C influencer, doesn't it? You know, yeah. you're much likely to be a much more niche networked individual, typically, you know, it could be a broadcaster or a professor or um, you know, some sort of subject matter expert, as opposed to somebody that's um, you know, on TV or um got a kind of an element of celebrity about them.
1: So, yeah. So B2C, you can, you've got all the usual things you can do, such as brand awareness and reach with influencer marketing, um, sales, which we've, t- we've touched on already, content creation. It brings some personality. Obviously, if you get a celebrity to be involved in it or an, an influence, influencer, and then obviously you get, you can get some genuine marketing, um, insight from a sector. If you ask an influ influencers will tell you what they think about the product and, and they might give you some user generated content, which is, as we touched on before, really can be a lot more powerful than content that's on the brand page. You know, user-generated content from an influencer can be, you're going to get, well, surely with having them in it, you're going to get better engagement. Uh,
0: so the interesting one for me there, actually, is content creation. So I think particularly in B2C influencer relations, it's actually um, presenting your brand, but through the eyes of somebody else. So you're essentially presenting your brand through the eyes of the customer or through, a, through a, from a different perspective. <laughs>
1: So, Will, I remember when we did um, a campaign recently. We were, we were analyzing what was quite an interesting B two B campaign. We've we've put it into the into a deck, which we'll share with people. But um, and it was a TikTok campaign for the Institute of Chartered Accountants. Okay, don't don't switch off and stop downloading now. The Institute of Chartered Certified Accountants can be interesting. And the idea was to challenge, yeah, your your I'm sure you're young as well, to uh, young people's perceptions of the profession and drive interest in having a career as an accountant.
0: Yeah, I mean it's fascinating, isn't it? I think a few years ago, an accountancy industry body using an influence using influencers for a campaign, and not only that, but using TikTok for a campaign to drive recruitment would be absolutely unheard of. But actually, yeah. this campaign, um, hugely successful, drive a huge amount of views, in the eyes of the Gen Z audience, absolutely kind of repositioned um quite right rightly the accountancy profession and actually drove real results as well so a 15% engagement rate on the um on the posts but actually they were running a recruitment event and they credit this with um this being the most successful ever recruitment event that they've run thanks to the TikTok campaign so um, and we're seeing this everywhere, really, aren't we? A lot of a lot of brands are using influencers, specifically TikTok, um, for recruitment to build the employer brand, to kind of reposition.
1: But they're trying to make it entertaining. Mm. Like the, the key is, if you're a brand out there and you're B two B, don't think I'll just stick my my corporate video on TikTok and it'll fly. It won't. It, it won't work. But if you make it, if you're thinking about entertaining someone with short, sharp, snappy content, uh, it can. But it's not something. It's not. It's not. It's not as difficult. But it's all people just think, oh. It's not as easy as just getting a camera and taking a TikTok, though, is it? No, you have a strategy behind
0: it. Yeah, I mean, the the in brief, the strategy is: um, if you imagine the sales funnel, about sixty percent of your TikTok content should be um, trending and engagement content. So it's presenting your brand and this might be a challenge to you, and you might feel like you're compromising your brand actually as well, but it's presenting the brand in an entertaining way that taps into trends. Mm. And then probably 30 to 40% of the content becomes about selling, about defining what your product is. So essentially it's driving people through that sales funnel. So it's about finding out ways how your brand can entertain. And if an accountancy um, industry body can do it, I'm sure your brand can do it as well. I mean,
1: I'd love to see me and you doing those, crazy dances there is some dancing obviously tiktok's involved so there is some crazy dancing but actually the videos were uh, were a bit wacky but the influencers they used Mm. it worked and they actually got tangible business results from it which is what a lot of people argued you know if i do a tiktok video what am i going to get out of it well because there was a strategy behind it it worked
0: and we're going to talk about tiktok in a bit more detail later but it's in terms of kind of growth platforms for influencers tiktok is is hot right now isn't it it
1: is it is Check out my eighth video that'll be on tomorrow.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> the, the newest after your two-week holiday, you now a TikTok week
1: influencer. Week anyway, jokes aside. Right, so now we're going to go through some tips for using influencer marketing. So tip one then, what have we got, Will?
0: So this, this can be applied to all sorts of uh, parts of marketing, really, but it's about being super clear on your objectives and why you are doing something. So I think If you're vague about why you want to do something, there's no way you can understand what success looks like. So the clearer your objectives, um, the easier it is to measure and understand what success looks like. So as a starting point, with influencer marketing, we would say define your goals and define your target audience as well. And I've got to test you here, Chris. We need to think smart in terms of our goals and objectives.
1: Specific, measurable, actionable, results.
0: Relevant. Oh bollocks! <laughs> relevant, What's the relevant and time bound?
1: Time, timely, timely, not time bound. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah, is yeah, okay. Um, and do I, do I pass or is that a fail? Yeah,
0: I will give you an eight, an eight B for that. Thanks. So, define our goals and target audience, and be smart about them. And we would encourage you to be as specific as possible. So. You know do you want to increase website referrals by 30% um, and the more specific you can be the easier it is to actually measure so some of our typical influencer goals that we see things like brand awareness sales it might be engagement Um, I mentioned this earlier, it might be showcasing the brand from a new perspective. So you might just be interested in kind of presenting the brand through the eyes of the consumer or through the eyes of a skilled content creator. Um, But whatever it is, be very, very specific. And then that allows you to track and measure results really effectively. The moment you don't have these clear objectives, you've got Mm. no idea what you're going to measure. And therefore, you've got no idea if what you're doing actually works or not.
1: So tip two then, um tip two we've we've put in here is finding the right influencers for your brand. So I talked about influencer mapping before, and that's what we're talking about here. Like the key thing is Will was talking about budgets earlier. You can still do influencer marketing. For nothing, like you, you, if you're if you're in house, you've got you know we work with a, a number of charities ourselves. We help charities. We've got a charitable, pre, a preferential rate, and we do do some uh, pro bono work as well. But if you're a, ch- a charity, for instance, and you haven't got a lot of money and you want to do some influencer marketing, hopefully you can find someone that will uh, work alongside you because they're fit. Is authentic, and you find someone that the charity would be relevant to, um, and often that 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 can be the the ideal. But, but it's about mapping out the right influencers for you.
0: Yeah, and I think that comes down to really putting the work in when it comes down to researching who they are. And I think it's, it's sometimes tempting to kind of, um, you know, there's 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 quite a lot of influencer lists going around, isn't there? Of you know the generic mum mum influencers, the generic interior influencers. I would always say dig deeper than that and go for that kind of um, authenticity. So there's people that genuinely have something to say, could genuinely work with your brand in an interesting and engaging way. And guess what? Consumers will spot that. The moment you're inauthentic about it, people will spot that a mile off. We've got
1: some um, research here that said 75% of creators are only interested in working with brands that align with their core values. So, it's not just you that are looking for influencers that align with your values, the influencers themselves are looking for. So if you can open your pitch with that, use a bit of chat, get creative, use ChatGPT to write you a personalized um, approach as to why they should work with you and what they're going to what you what you'd like their help to do, but be all, try and get it as authentic as possible. Do your own research, map out who these influencers are that you want to work with, why should they work with you, and then do a nice little personalized approach. Um, as I say, that will work a lot better if it's authentic. So then, that I can hear you screaming at the end of the uh, at the end of your headphones, wherever you are in the gym, in the car, or whatever. How the hell do I find the right collaborators? Will how, uh, how do they find them?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, um, I think it's tempting to kind of go through the path of least resistance. Sometimes, isn't it, and, and do a quick Google search and find a list. Of influencers in interiors, or mum influencers, or whoever it might be. But you're
1: doing a lot of influencers with mum, mum work here, right?
0: Yeah, you're doing a lot of mum. That used to be the original mum bloggers, wasn't it? Yeah, mum bloggers was the first. Ones. Was, yeah, and then dad bloggers came out after that when everyone realised there's a bit of money in it. Um, but the point is, if you go for the obvious, you're going to be competing against a lot of brands. Um, these people are going to be approached all the time. They're going to probably have fairly high rates because they're used to being approached. You need to dig a little bit deeper first of all authenticity and brand affinity so how um relevant and fitting are they for you um as a brand you know could you see them working with you um have you looked at some of their other content and you know do they do they kind of do they share your values have they actually got engagement you know it's not uncommon for influencers to either not get much engagement or to actually use bots and it, i mean that's luckily dying out now a bit isn't it because um Um, it's quite easy to discover using various third-party tools if people's engagement is real or not. But people need to be getting engagement and their audience needs to be relevant as well. Now, their audience is never going to be 100% relevant to your brand. So we would say probably 60 to 70% audience relevance is about right. And if your chosen influencer broadly ticks these three boxes, then you're onto a bit of a winner. Um, And ultimately, you need a list of about 10 to 15 influencers. Um, So yeah, Quite time-consuming, but time well spent. Yeah, good one. So tip three, go for the win-win. What does that mean then, Chris? Well, <laughs> you've got to look at ways
1: to add value to influencers and the people that they reach well. Everybody should get something out of an influencer program, the audience, the influencer, and the brand. Said Brian Solis, not me, from the Altima Group. So what that in. means
0: is is not just a case of turning up to an influencer with a suitcase full of cash, is it? It's about working with them and it might not even involve cash it might get them, you know it might involve them gift, gifting them a product tickets then, yeah it's working with them in a creative way so that they can work with you you can work with them and they ultimately create some sort of an interesting engaging content um, not
1: too prescriptive either yeah. so give them flexibility to do what they do don't prescribe exactly what they've got to do I, you know work with them to, so they get to use their creative they're the creators at the end of the day they're the ones that do the amazing content
0: that's that, that's a good point isn't it and i think the the bolder brands will literally give an influencer carte blanche to do what they want and and if you choose the influencer correctly yeah. you've done your due diligence and yeah. they're a skilled content creator, then yeah. why would you try and influence? I mean, it's it's okay to say, if you refer to our brand, refer to it in this way, but, be, you know, it needs to be a very loose set of guidelines, doesn't it? And, and trust them to create. Ultimately, they know what works for their audience better than what you do, don't they? Yeah, they do. Bit of an example of this kind of win-win. We work with an energy drink brand. And, um, I mean, we have all sorts of different tiers of influencers. We have kind of what we call ambassadors who are, kind of, you know, commercial arrangements and they will work with us on an annual basis and then we'll do kind of always on gifting and things like that. But the point is, um, we lean on these influencers to create interesting, unique content and we give them the opportunities to do that. So for example, we might um, work with some of our brand ambassadors and invite them to fitness events um, where they can trial products, but they can also um, take part in competitive um, fitness events. And it's it's an opportunity, you know, we're bringing them a content creation opportunity that they wouldn't necessarily have access to. And that's a really good example of a win-win. It's not just a case of, here's some product, feature it. We're actually giving them an interesting, unique experience. And guess what? It means we get amazing content out of the back of it that's authentic and on-brand and engaging.
1: Yeah, and it works because the influencers that you're using are doing exercise. And the, yeah. the drink in question is a pre-exercise product. So if you do it pre-exercise, it gives you extra energy and you, you do get better results in the in the gym. Okay then. So tip Ooh. four. Ooh, get ready for your excitement hat. Here Our we go. Our favourite
0: topic. Compl- Ring the bell. Compliance. Um,
1: no, I can. I can feel the downloads just dropping off a cliff here now. Yeah, I'm important compliant.
0: though. So recently, the ASA um, has has kind of tightened its. Well, I say recently; it's the last couple of years, but they're really they're really clamping down on this now. So they've they've reviewed the way influencer content is categorised, and they now consider um, any influencer talking about a brand. Um, that's either a paid relationship or a gifted relationship, they would deem that an ad um, and you need to label it as such. And if you don't, they'll come They'll come down on you um, and they'll go after you as the agency, they'll go after the brand and they'll go after the influencer.
1: And we, we've seen some interesting, so to give you a bit of an anecdote on that, um, we had one where a client came to us and we'd done some uh, influencer marketing for the brand and a client came to us with Um, An email from the ASA, the client shall remain nameless, Um, and it was an email from the ASA saying um, somebody has reported this influencer for not using a hashtag spawn or hashtag ad um, and doing a campaign for you. So the client got it sent to their inbox with a screen grab of this uh, influencer using um, the product and then not doing that in a story, an Instagram story. Uh, So the client got this email and sent it, and then they just emailed it straight through to to us at Prohibition. So obviously I'm, I'm the lead on the account. I see, I'm like, oh my God, can I check the processes that we've gone through here? And can we just check that we followed due diligence here? Yes, we'd done a contract, listed out exactly, you know, that they had to say, add and spawn. And actually... They did use add and spawn, um, it, hashtag add and spawn in the story. And what happened was this influencer, who was massive, by the way, millions, um, had a small group of trolls who didn't like said influencer. And so they would go out to try and get this influencer in trouble. And what she'd done was Photoshopped the uh, the two hashtags out and then sent it to the ASA as a complaint, which to me was just... There's people out there on the internet that do these things just to get people because they're successful at being an influencer. It was it was quite sickening, but I will tell you what, having a clear process in your in your influencer marketing matters because that just got immediately got rid of the ASA and we were compliant and we we, we had because what we'd done was when the every time a, one of our campaigns is running when the stories were going up, we were screen grabbing them so we had the the proper screen grab, not the edited one that was sent. We sent it through and hey presto. Thank Christ that didn't appear on this podcast about fuck ups.
0: But that said, uh, the ASA found that nearly a quarter of influencer stories um, were technically adverts, but only 35% were correctly labeled. So, despite all of this, there's still an awful lot of influencers out there um, not correctly labeling their. Um-
1: yeah. So, we had a client, um, Stockhill Park, who we helped get some influencers along um to the the park to review a play a play area it was a, a huge play area that they'd launched amazing venue that Prohibition had launched for them. And um we, we got some influencers along but actually we did it organically. Um, so also so we did some work and we got influencers. But some influencers were attending because it's an amazing place to go. And we're writing about when they went anyway, just with their family. Nothing, you know, not not as as and not as part of that. But so where does that sit, yeah, so William, in what you're saying? Because it wasn't part of our campaign. Well, you yeah, yeah, see so, I mean?
0: Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, according to the ASA, um, if you any time an influencer has received a product...
1: Which they didn't on that occasion, right, they've
0: gone probably, off their own you could, you could probably argue that, but even if you give somebody a one-pound can of energy drink, um, that's deemed an advert. And they need yeah. to label it as such. But so, it,
1: what I'm saying is, that influence. there's a few influencers that went off their own back, bought their kids tickets, took them, and they went and just did infl- Instagram reels and stuff. Now, that's paid, organic content yeah, for them. Yeah. It was nothing to do with the fact that they, it wasn't a part of the campaign. So it's just interesting when you're mm. saying, I think that maybe the content, you know, because people are just, just, they need content, don't they, creators, at the yeah. end of the day?
0: If they've bought their own tickets, then yeah. it's it's Fair legit. Game, yeah, it? yeah. I mean, go on. I, w- I would say go on the ASA website. There's a there's a there's a quite an, a comprehensive guide, isn't there, to how you should work with yeah. influencers and how you should label it. We've got to
1: read it. I mean, make sure we're the, the,
0: Yeah. the the um, The summary is ha- use hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored hashtag gifted whatever it is. Ideally, several of them on any post. And the onus is on you, really, as a brand, isn't it? It should be. You know, you should put this requirement in the contract we're going to come onto contracts in in a minute but um you know when you do your influencer contract or influencer agreement you have to put it in the contract so you then shift the onus to the influencer but it's, you know it's your responsibility as well isn't
1: it yeah okay so micro then micro influencers so i talked talked at the beginning about micro influencers and macro influencers what the hell does that mean well a micro-influencer is anybody between 2,500 to 5,000 um, followers. And a macro-influencer is anything above a 100,000. And I would argue that this is slightly different now because there must be a third level now. Because well, that's quite a jump from 5,000 to 200,000. Yeah, you can have
0: mid, mid-tier mid as well. I mean, the point is, um, you know, m- macro-influencers are your, your big-ticket influencers. Often they're celebrities in their own right. They might be... Broad- Anthony Joshua... Yeah, they could have been on TV or reality TV or or, or whatever. Um, Micro influencers tend to be the much more niche networked individuals, and this particularly is relevant for B two B, isn't it? You know, when you're you're working with people that might not have a massive reach, but actually the people they do reach, they're highly respected by and they've got high engagement.
1: Are you a macro or a micro? Then well.
0: I'm probably just below micro-influencer, actually, if I'm honest, with my uh, 787 Twitter followers and my three posts in the last year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've got some data here from Trend.io data. So this is 2023's data. It's based on data from our network. We see engagement rates from micro-influencers in the 7% to 20% range. So that's micro-influencers, 7% to 20%. Macro-influencers are lucky to get any engagement around 5%. So there's quite a difference there. You get twenty percent on a micro. So you actually your, your bank can be a lot better for your book on the, if you if you've got a really a lot of micro influencers rather than one or two big where you want to spend all your money.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the other point is, um, you know, your macro influencers, you're going to get a huge amount of wastage, aren't you, with your audience? Yeah. You, know, you might you might be looking at five percent relevance in the audience. That's back um, to the Kim Kardashian teeth whitening. Tweet. She's featured a lot in this podcast, yeah. hasn't she, Kim Kardashian? Um, and the other point is, um, can we feature on her podcast? Now? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, the, the budget issue. You know, you, if you work with ten micro influencers, um, you might be paying a few hundred pounds to work with them or, or gifting product. Yeah, and actually, collectively, that's probably going to reach the same audience as one big hit macro influencers so actually the smart brands are looking at how they can work with a higher volume of micro influencers and, and saving a huge amount of budget tip six then demonstrate an impact yeah this this actually links to one of the early challenges that we mentioned that um, you know um, people can't kind of demonstrate the value of, of what they're doing and I think that can be quite disheartening as a marketer can't it you yeah. know you, you persuade the board that you want to do an influencer campaign
1: or a you, podcast
0: <laughs> um, you deliver it you feel like it's probably gone quite well but then actually what's it achieved debatable (laughs) right? yeah so this is a challenge i think um we hear a lot of isn't it you know you you persuade the board to um to invest in an influencer campaign but actually can you measure the effectiveness of it has it increased market share has it sold any product um and that can be a challenge and it can be quite disheartening
1: So, how do you see real results? We've got um, we've got four things here. So, you need to monitor and measure your influencer performance. So, request access
0: from the influencer to see what you can get. That's that's an interesting point, isn't it? And I think you know the the relationship between agency or brand and influencer is now a lot more open, and mm-hmm. we, we can ask to see their analytics. And yeah. typically, even at the auditing stage, you can ask to see their analytics. You can get a steer on what brands they work with, what results they've got from other branded partnerships, what kind of engagement they get. And if an influencer isn't willing to share that, then I wouldn't work with them.
1: No, definitely not. Um, number two, you can get you can use UTM tracking. So you can add uh, UTM tracking to a link so you can make that link more trackable through um, Google so you can see how many people have clicked it, shared it, whatever. Um, you could consider yeah. – uh, point three is to consider trackable codes – um, or point four, you can actually explore affiliates. We we had a a little discussion this morning about a great uh, influencer marketing campaign delivered by Stanley just mm-hmm. recently, which is uh, around the Stanley Cup, which was really impressive. And they, they 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 they've asked influencers just to go out and use this new cup that they've had designed to target a new market. It used to be Stanley used to target the male market, and now mm-hmm. it's gone out to a female market. And they've been using influencers of all ages and all demographics, TikTok, you, um, to to expand it, and it has just been. Phenomenal! So massive, massive round of applause to that campaign because it it looks great. And for a brand like that's quite manly, Mm. like Stanley. Well, hey, manly like Stanley, Um, like a brand that's manly like Stanley. Um, I thought they've done a great job of that. It looked really great. And the, the, the final point I want to make on that is is. That they explored affiliates, so they've tied mm. affiliate codes and affiliate tracking in with the influencer marketing. So the more things that are sold, the more money the influencer gets for endorsing the product, which is a key way to get results, and it will.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that campaign, I mean, do look it up or we'll share it in the show notes. Brilliant campaign. Also, it shows the, um, the impact of having a brilliant product, doesn't it? And, and yeah,
1: and Stanley, if you're listening, can you send uh, us a few Stanley uh, cups because we'd like to keep our beer cold.
0: That's, can you put beer in it?
1: Yeah, can you put it, beer in you? it? I think you can.
0: A yeah. thoughts though. Okay. Um, and the important thing here is, um, you know, you're measuring the right things because you've got really clear objectives, but you need to learn from the measurements and you need to constantly kind of learn and refine. And the idea is the more you measure, the more you can learn about what does work and what doesn't work. And then it just means you can be more effective and better at what you do in the future. So what's tip seven then, Will? Right, this is um, a particular kind of... Um, soapbox issue for us isn't it i think it's about being creative and being integrated so we'll cool. explore what we mean by this um i think there's a danger with influencer marketing to be very tactical isn't there um and you can kind of rely on the idea of let's just gift a load of influence as our product and i think we can be better than that can't we as marketers
1: well we should be more strategic yeah i think so the yeah. more strategic you are with it the more the better the result you're going to get from it
0: yeah absolutely and i think on that point you know why not think of a bigger creative campaign and involve influencers in that yeah. right? you know rather than influencer relations working in a silo you know absolutely incorporate influencer relations into your big creative hero brand campaigns that you might deliver once or twice a year um a few other points on this um certainly um you know leverage different platforms in different ways and again this is an, an issue we talk about all the time you know Audiences will be different on different social media platforms. There shouldn't be one size fits all. You know, and and what we mean by that is the way we work with influencers on TikTok should be slightly different from the way we might work with influencers on YouTube or the way we work with influencers on Instagram. And each of them will um, naturally um, want to present the product or your brand in different ways. Different things will work on those platforms and we should encourage that. You know, one size fits all means you end up with something very beige. Beige. Beige.
1: Beige. So, Will, what about TikTok
0: then? Well, TikTok's an interesting one. I mean, it's, it's obviously a massively growing channel in terms of um, that kind of entertainment content piece. We've already talked about how TikTok is directly linked to e-commerce. But the other big kind of growth area on TikTok is influencers and the way influencers are using it. And I think, again, probably 12 months ago, people weren't quite sure... Um, how to use this channel. But now it absolutely should be a key kind of platform, shouldn't it, when it comes to your influencer marketing strategy?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the it's the, still the channel that's growing mentally, and the algorithm just sends you down so many rabbit holes, as, a, mm. as I said earlier. Um, yeah. So let's look at some statistics then. It's got huge reach, as I just said. 40% of TikTok creators have more than 500,000 followers.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the numbers are insane on, on TikTok, aren't they? And I think it's one of those channels where you can still get that magic organic engagement yeah from a video you you
1: don't need followers it's about the algorithm really you get a great idea a great that's what i love about it it's still about it's like what social when social media was cool when social media was about organic great ideas rather than fucking paying for it it's like it's still back to if you've got a great idea for a stupid video that's quite funny
0: it'll go it'll go viral yeah you can get a million video views without even trying yeah um, if you shoot the right piece of content are they going to throttle that back though surely you know surely three four years time we're not going to be getting the same organic reach are we well no
1: when you're using paid ads on tiktok it's the same sort of thing you can do all the other things that you could do with paid social on meta and the other platforms um so obviously you can enhance a video on uh, to get more you know maybe the snippets for this show i might um stick you know Mm some money behind that and get more engagement on the on the video for that so there is that but what i like about tiktok is it's still got that organic Mm -hmm. element to it and it's the also the the other reason why i still like instagram like instagram's still organic there is still organic reach that's why instagram's done well that's why facebook and other platforms not to go on my bloody soapbox though i think if you haven't got organic engagement you've lost what your platform's about
0: (laughs) I suppose the point is about the quality of content. I mean, the, the reason Facebook, one of the reasons of money started throttling that back was because um, a lot of people were sharing sales, irrelevant Boom. or sales content on there. So it's trying to filter out um, the uh, the less commercial content. And I wonder if TikTok will get to that point where people do realise like, you know, we're still in the gold rush, aren't we, for TikTok? years? Yeah. Um, and we won't be forever see. Uh
1: So what's next then? Uh, how to take your influencer relations to the next level, Will. Tell us all
0: about this. Good question. Um, Well, there's a few things you can do. Um, First and foremost, and we always talk about strategy, but you need to revisit your influencer strategy. So we talked about understanding um, where influencer relations sits within your broader marketing strategy. Um, If you haven't got a marketing strategy, don't worry, um, because um, a lot of people haven't or haven't updated it in the last six to 12 months. But we need to understand what we want, influencer relations to achieve you know and particularly we talked about our kind of goals and objectives you know do you want to present your brand or reposition your brand do you want to sell product do you want to generate um you know an increased um share of voice in the market um and then we need to come up some great ideas for them and again i think we need to we need to challenge ourselves to look beyond influencer gifting i think yeah campaigns creative campaigns yeah and ideas and and that's going to engage influencers you know the, the more creative execution if you're going to invite influencers to some unique event to test your products you're going to get a much better result than if you're just mailing them out uh you know an opportunity to test your product so great activations and then investing the time in influencer mapping i think it's tempting to screw up on this stage but ultimately you need to be finding those right influencers that are absolutely perfect for your brand and then finally as with everything measure 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 do more of what works less of what doesn't work and then scale your efforts so don't try and boil the ocean. You know, start small and then build on it. Do <laughs> Don't start like that. I love that.
1: Don't boil the ocean. We can't. We've tried. that come from? Boil the ocean. i there, mate. Just, just. That's up. why I was in, guys. He's inspirational. Uh, um, remember, what works today doesn't work for tomorrow. Very true. But based on the organic engagement that we just talked about when we started out and so surely it was 100 percent, and as we just took just covered with meta it's now 0.01 so what worked then does not work now yeah come
0: come uh, winter you know there'll be three or four algorithm updates per platform there'll probably be a new social network emerging you know you, you need to be very very on it don't you and you need to be very responsive and reactive in terms of what's happening i mean how do you say on how how would how can you possibly stay on top of every development you know no one's got time to read social media examiner every day no have they
1: well the, we yeah you have to keep on top of what's coming out i mean you could do a whole podcast on the twitter rebrand but i think that's for another day because and it's quite interesting what your perspective is on that but we'll call that yeah you're right there's there's a lot going on and there's always a lot going on because these a changing marketplace we you know there's threads there's there's lots of different platforms and i'm sure there's already influencers on the threads but i have noticed that God, some of the criticism of threads now, and you see it's, it's fun, that's finding its way as well, but that's a whole... The world's
0: biggest dead social network. If you well you know. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, you know, the other thing worth mentioning actually is, um, particularly on TikTok, um, it's about understanding what works at that moment in time on the platform, and that's typically driven by trending content, isn't it? Yeah. And um, the nature of trending content is, um, it's not trending for long, so you need to absolutely be on top of uh, what's happening and jump on those trends as quick as possible. So there's
1: our hacks for 2023-24, on uh, influencer marketing. Um, we've also got um, what we call a discovery session. What's that, Will? You can book a discovery session with me or you.
0: Yeah, with the... Uh, we'd love to meet you.
1: Yeah, the host of the podcast. Yeah, well, also we'd love to meet everybody out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But maybe not everybody at the same time. No. Yeah, okay. All two of you. We're hoping, listening to this, or having watched our webinar, you're going to be sufficiently intrigued into uh, what influencer marketing can actually do for your brand. So... What we've got is what we call a discovery session, which is basically a 15 minute um, diagnostic where we hear about your challenges and on that call, we can actually share with you some strategies, some approaches and tricks and some ideas, quite honestly, into how you can use influencer marketing. And as part of that as well, we've also got some exclusive templates as well. So we talked about influencer contracts. We've got one of those and we've also got a briefing sheet as well to help you actually work with influencers. Um, in a way that's compliant. So that's fifteen minutes and there's a link we're gonna share in the show notes where you can book that in if you're interested. Yeah,
1: it's bitterly slash socially ua. That's bitterly bit.ly slash sociallyua to book a discovery session with me or Will.
0: so chris slightly different format this week we've we've had no guest but it seems a shame not to talk about fuck-ups and i don't believe you've actually shared your um, fuck-up of your career so far have you so do you want to tell us a bit about that
1: yeah i mean it was when i first met you actually and uh, i invited to to work together i think that's the biggest fuck-up of my personal career now honestly uh it's a pleasure to work with you as you know my friend um no uh, my biggest fuck-up has got to be um, yeah, I've worked in PR since I was well. I went to I went to university, did public relations. Um, then I got I got a job in London. I went to work for an international PR agency in London. Uh, did four or five years down there, worked in healthcare PR. Came up to the north and got um, an account manager job in Leeds, which is where Prohibition's based, north of the UK. Bit cocky, account manager. Been travelling for a couple of months. Was ready to take on my new job with my new Thailand tan, and. Um, yeah, and I got the new job and it was a network agency. The Shell one in must but she went on my LinkedIn profile. You'd be able to narrow it down. Uh, and um, yeah, they, they were a networked agency. So I was in the Leeds office and there was like seven or eight of us in the Leeds office. And um, there was a networked, it was a network agency. So we had a Leeds, London, Edinburgh, um, Manchester, Glasgow, all over the UK, basically. And we had an account and it was for a alcohol brand and they were launching a new bar in the North East. and um, I was really excited about this, it was a great consumer brand, brilliant, I'll, I can do some, I can get stuck in here um, and I had to write a story um, based on a brief that I would taken from the London office and they said, can you um, write this release about this new bar that's opening, it's a new bar for our chain, the chain uh, bar, and um, can you do it? I said okay, so I wrote the story, put all my effort into it, sent it down to the office for approval. Um, and about a couple of hours later I get an email back from the account director in London this is great good to go brilliant so uh, enthusiastic 25 year old Chris thinks right I'm gonna smash this, this is the first project that I could I could do and show these guys how good I am at media relations so I I start sending it out and get the couple of execs I'm working with and we're on the phones all day the next couple of days send it out everywhere, it's gone everywhere, like literally everywhere Anyway, this was on like Wednesday, and on Friday lunchtime, I got an email ping into the, into my Outlook, and it said, uh, Hi guys, just to let you know, um, don't send that across to the client for approval. What you mean? There's a bit of a technical issue. So I was like, Client approval? Is the email good to go? It doesn't mean to go out then? And it turned out that I hadn't been briefed properly uh, in my... But it was my fuck-up. So I did the only... The, what I can do is, as being an honest, brave individual. I stuck my head in the sand and hoped it all blew over. And so I went to my in-laws for the weekend But with my wife, my now-wife at this time as my girlfriend, who sat in their house and on the ten o'clock fuck, you this story. was at this bar opening. And there was a big hoo-ha because the, the locals were not happy about the rebranded name
0: for the bar. It was a... The fear, the fear of saying that of-
1: <laughs> uh, I literally thought in my first weekend I've done such a good job I was going to get fired so um, to everybody out there I apologise for sending that release out too early I was just keen to get going but luckily I survived and I'm here to do this podcast with you today um, so, and that's basically it for influencer marketing. Uh, obviously, this is just a snapshot of what we cover in the webinar, as Will's uh, alluded to. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and downloading the podcast. We appreciate every single comment we get. Um, I know you've got other things to do and listen and get on with your lives, but if you can leave us a review or just a thumbs up, would be great. Um, and if, if you've got a fuck up to tell us, and um, please send it over because we'd love to hear it and share it on the show. Uh, and until then, keep fucking up. See you later. Thank you for listening to socially unacceptable please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review don't forget to follow us on social media on twitter and instagram at prohibition pr we would love to hear some of your career fuck ups so we can share them on the show for more information on the show search prohibition pr in your search engine and click on podcasts until next time please keep pushing the boundaries and embracing the socially unacceptable Are you feeling overwhelmed by the endless cycle of social media updates? Feeling like you're shouting into the abyss without any true engagement or impact? Imagine if your social media efforts could be streamlined, targeted and effective, where each post you make resonates with your core audience and builds your brand effortlessly. Introducing Social360, our comprehensive social media audit and strategy program designed to turn your online presence into a powerful, engaging and rewarding experience. With Social360 you'll learn how to craft impactful content, engage with your audience more authentically and seal real results in your engagement and reach if you'd like to find out more about whether the prohibition 360 is the right fit for your social media goals then i invite you to use the link in the show notes to book a 30 minute strategy call with me during that call you and i will work on your social media strategy and objectives and leaving it you will have a custom recommendation for your social media strategy in 2024 so just click the link in the podcast and i'll see you there